Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is Jason Rash. You will find him to be a breath of fresh air. The guy's got a ton of energy. He has been compared to a young Grant Cardone. You can see kind of the way he looks, the way he talks, the way his voice is. It definitely some similarities in there. The guy's got drive. He understands business. He's fun. He's entertaining. He's non-apologetic. So he does a lot of the things to check the boxes for my kind of guy. I feel like we're... Uh, you know, two peas in a pod with the stuff that he does and the way he acts and the way he thinks. And the guy's just a freaking unapologetic action taker. And that's really what it takes in this business. You know, he's got a great background. He understands the risks and the rewards of things. And he understands what it takes to get things done and how to do it with uh, some class and some goose in a way that you have some emotional intelligence. And uh, you're going to hear a lot of different things in this episode from real estate advice to business advice, to mindset advice, to, you know, just things across the board, how to work better with your spouse, some things to uh, decrease your costs and your turnover and make more money on your rentals, some ways to look at different markets, uh, and just some buy box things. And he gives a lot of great tips, and we have a really great discussion. The time freaking flies by. There's not a silent moment in the entire podcast there, so it's full of information. He doesn't take a breath. I usually have to slow things down, but it was nice to be able to have somebody speed things up. So I appreciate Jason Rash coming on. Definitely see the show notes, some ways to connect with him. Follow him on social media. He's got a great Instagram. He posts really fun stuff. And again, he's just a personality. I think the guy's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with and a legend in the real estate business and the social media game. Take some notes, watch him, follow him. And remember, one of the people who put him on first. So also, don't forget that this episode is brought to you in part by Nationwide Business Capital Group. Go to nicknicknick.com slash links. And on there, you will sell your affiliate page to find discounted CBD with promo code AGAME. Ways to set up an interview with Riva Global for your virtual assistance for all the ways to get your time back and hire things at an affordable rate and ways to get your podcast going, Zachary Babcock. But most importantly, write to Mary Ann directly through that ring and tell her that we sent you from the A-Game podcast that you want money for your real estate deals, whether you're a beginner, advanced, new, whatever it is, definitely check them out. They will give you some of the most affordable rates and terms and get you set up so you can have some funding for your deals. And then on any of those links, you can reach out to me or please text me directly. It's the best way to get me, 516-540-5733. Let's talk about how we can invest together, whether I buy properties from you, sell properties to you, or we find a way to collaborate and partner up together. Let's have that discussion. Start it out by texting me at that number given. I appreciate everybody listening. And again, last but certainly not least, if you are looking to get a free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers, whether you're a real estate investor, a real estate wholesaler, a real estate agent, or a real estate broker, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. And this gentleman had a father who was a Marine. So for all of my friends out there, whether you're in real estate or not, that have served, have families that are served, Marines, law enforcement, all those guys, thank you for your service. Some of the best people I've met in my life. Shout out to my buddy, Johnny Eubags. May he rest in peace. Uh, but Marines, military guys, they crush this business, they crush entrepreneurship, and they sacrifice stuff all the time. So I always get a little touch when I hear those things. And uh, shout out to my dog, Ralph. Hope Ralph's feeling better. Miss Ralph. Hope to see him soon. Hope everybody's enjoying the A-Game podcast. Please go on our Facebook group. You can see the links again on our page, nicknicknick.com slash links. And ask any questions on there. And I'm happy to answer any real estate or investing questions you have. Or if I can't answer it, I will find the answer from somebody. 
and put it out there. So let me help you this year. Let's invest together. Let's have a great year. Hope everybody's having an awesome day. Enjoy your week. A-Game Podcast. Thank you, Jason Rash. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is a business owner, an entrepreneur, an extreme action taker, a remote real estate investor investing in Alabama, but fighting out of Colorado. He's done over 10 properties in eight months and going strong. He's been featured on the Bigger Pockets Podcast. He's a social media powerhouse, traveler, husband, father, son of a Marine, bringing big energy all the time. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, Jason Rash. Thank you so much, Nick, for having me, man. Wow, man. I mean, that's that's pretty good. You've done your homework, haven't you? Man, I don't I don't have an A game podcast and bring no C game to the intro, you know? I love it. I love it, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. Today's a great day. And thank you for having me, man. I am ready. Let's do this thing. Dude, I'm excited for you. I appreciate you coming on, especially uh, the way we connected on social media. You know, so sometimes you you fight, fall into the spam, and I know you're a busy guy, man. So I'm excited to have you on. You got a great story for people who aren't 100 familiar with you yet. Can you give a little bit of a 30,000 foot view backstory? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm an entrepreneur. My wife and I we are we blew up the social selling uh, space just a few years ago, and uh, we have we have been really really pushing hard into social media. And the great thing about entrepreneurship, and by the way, Nick, I just want to say this guy to all your entire audience, guys, we are living in the greatest era of human history. I mean, never before have you been able to pick up your phone or pick up a device where you can contact so many people with just one message and make money. doesn't matter what you're selling. You can sell real estate. You can sell cars. You can sell houses. You can sell land. You can sell shampoo. Me and my wife, by the way, that's what me and my wife do. You can sell anything and make money, guys. There's no reason for anyone in your audience to never be making what they want to be making. So a little bit about me. I'm ambitious. I got a lot of energy. I always see opportunity and everything. Um, I'm always looking for money. I'm always looking for like, how do they make money? How can we make money? How should we make money? What, what's the best way? It's it's almost like a game to me. It's not because I'm greedy or selfish. I got called, called greedy or selfish the other day, which is kind of funny. But, uh, you know, nobody, by the way, nobody that's less successful than you would ever call you greedy or selfish. Just want to throw that out there. Nobody less successful than you would ever tell you to turn your game down or to stop doing what you're doing. Just throwing that out, a gold nugget out there for your audience. So the great thing about this is, sorry about that, I'm going to have to mute those. The great thing about this, guys, is like we are living in the greatest age. Just push your energy into a product or service and learn to sell yourself first. And then that way you can do whatever it is you want to do in this world. I love that, man. It's awesome. Now, it's interesting that I've heard you say in a couple other places that your wife really isn't into real estate. And I hear that a ton where people come in and they're like, hey, I really want to do this. I'm really excited. And then they kind of ghost you or they give you weird stuff after you're like, I don't understand what happened here. And then it turns out, well, I went home and my spouse and my business partner, they really weren't on board. And that's a real thing people deal with. So I'm interested to see how did you deal with that in that situation? So I got my wife on board with every time, this is how I do it, okay? So like my situation may be unique. So number one, I backtracked our goals. Like what is it I really want from real estate and passive income investing? And then I thought about it, I'm like, it's not really what I want because if I want to do this, I can go much faster with my wife's support, number one. And, and all of you out there, you can go far faster with your spousal support than you can just trying to convince her. So you have to make them see the big picture. That's the first thing I was telling my wife. I was like, okay, this house over here is gonna make us 500 a month. This house right here will make us 500 a month. All 10 of these homes are here will make us close to like seven thousand eight thousand ten thousand a month and she was like i don't care that doesn't that doesn't excite me and then so i got i figured it out one day whenever we were flying and i was like we need to fly private i'm over this tsa crap i'm over the mask stuff i'm over somebody telling me what to do when i can do it where i want to do it somebody telling me when i can get up to pee and when i can't i'm not in third grade and neither are you and neither is anyone in your audience nick uh, but if you are in third grade, hey, you're getting a jump start on life. <laughs> but, but the thing about it is I started talking to her. I said, what if we invested so freaking much that one day we're able to fly private? And she was like, 
you had my attention. Tell me more. And I said, listen, this is what I think we can do. And I think this is the roadmap. It's a very long roadmap, but it's not an unattainable roadmap. So now I have her full support. Whenever I say, hey, we're going to make $20,000 in passive income with this. Now we're going to make $40,000 a month in passive income with this. She's really, really on board. I'm not at 40 grand a month, but I like she could start to see the vision. So all those little $500 homes, they all add up every bit of it. So yeah, that's how I got her on board. I helped her to see the big picture of why we're doing this. So now when stuff starts to go wrong on deals or something comes up, does she, like, how does she react? Does she give you the kind of like, oh, I knew we shouldn't be doing this? Or, you know, how does she handle the bad days? So I don't tell her any of that. <laughs> like, 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 here's the thing, guys. If your spouse is on board, like, like and here's, here's how I handle it, okay? Number one, I don't bring shit to her. Can I say shit on this podcast? You can say whatever you want, my man. I didn't know. I don't bring shit to her that's not going to move the needle. That's all she cares about. What's going to move the needle? If there's a problem, figure out the solution before you even bring it to me. The thing you need to understand about my wife, my wife is a fucking boss. Like she is a boss, like in every sense of the word. She, she's built a seven-figure income stream. That's yearly, by the way, a yearly income stream from, from um, social selling. She made a $600 investment. It's almost turned into $4 million. You can't do that in anywhere. I don't care if you're in real estate. I don't care if you're in Bitcoin. I don't care if you're in NFTs. I don't care if you're in the stock market. And here's the thing, by the way, if you're in NFTs, I know some people out there like, I could do that in an NFT. I could go sell this squiggly line. The issue is you can't do that over and over and over and over and over. There's no repeatable path. It's all 100% luck and hype in the market. But here, back to my wife, okay? So the great thing about my wife is, I don't bring anything to her. We have an eviction coming up. So here's what I did, right? We're going through this eviction. I explained, so, hey, here's the deal, honey. We have an eviction going on, but here's my solution. We're going to kick the person out. We're actually going to raise the rent by 250 bucks. If we can't raise it, I've already got my real estate agent sending me comps so we could sell it. Boom, done. That's all she wants to know. And she's like, well, what about the, the monthly mortgage payment, which is like 489 bucks? I said, all the homes that we have are absorbing that cost. She's like, fine, no worries. I mean, literally it was a 15 second conversation. It doesn't, Gentlemen, if, if you're out there, guys too, and girls, and if you're out there and you want your spouse to support, you need to make them see that you are in control. They don't want another job. They don't want to have to manage you. They don't want something else to worry about. If you're going to do real estate, be the boss. Handle the situations. You can bring problems, but bring a solution at the same time. Dude, I was literally going to say that right after is I think the difference there in what you did is you came to her with solutions to the problem instead of leaning on her or draining her or just like vomiting out like this is what I'm feeling. This is what's wrong with me. And then you feel better. And now she's like, that's what you can lean with poor bed. Like, how dare you? And I think that's a huge thing that most people don't do. And, you know, as a business owner, I think that that's such a huge thing. And it's a mindset shift. And I'm always interested to see. Did something in your life happen? Was there somebody in your life that trained you to be looking for the opportunities and stuff and be glass half full and come with solutions? Or is that something that just, you know, you've kind of always had in you? Because I feel like that there's a huge divide between people that are willing to go after stuff in life that aren't just by what you focus on. You know, are you seeing the opportunities? You're seeing the obstacles and some people will just never see the positive or the opportunity. They'll never throw that. They'll never, they'll never risk that. I think what you're doing there is such a huge thing. And was that learned or was that ingrown in you? No, I think, um, you know, I, I think that anybody, it's very easy to go negative for anybody. Number one. Number two, I know that like to be very, to be incredibly successful in this world at all, all wealth starts in the mind. All wealth. So by the way, what'd you do with your hand, bro? Did you break that thing or something? Yeah, man. It's a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, just... We'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll get into that later. But here's the thing, man. Like at the end of the day, I think it's how you see life, right? I've always been really positive, man. When I picked up the guitar at 15 years old, I saw Kurt Cobain play a teen spirit on, in, on uh, MTV. By the way, guys, this is like 
tell you how old I am. I'll be 45 this year. And I know I, know I look good. It's all the skin products we sell. <laughs> what I want you guys to think about is this. Right? I picked up a guitar at 15 years old. I was like, I'm going to be on that stage one day. I'm going to be on that stage. I drove that dream for 15 years. You have to understand the moment I saw Kurt Cobain, I was like, I, I've never picked up a guitar. I had never played a guitar. I saw him. I bought a guitar and I've just played for 15 years. And finally, I got a record deal. Finally, I went on tour, man. It took 15 years. Now, granted, it wasn't to the scale of that, but I do want you guys to understand something. Like, like you got to see it like, like how it is, man. Like, okay, this is where I'm at. Okay, this is where I want to be. Boom, boom, boom. It's super easy to get negative, but I believe that if you're more positive, and I'm not being, I'm not talking about being like overly positive where you're not realistic to what's going on in the real world. I'm, I'm talking about being positive as to where you're able to see like, okay, just is that a bump in the road or is that a mountain in the road? Is that a blip in the road or is that going to stop me? Or is that a barrier that I can't cross? And by the way, here's the thing I will say about this. The older I've gotten, Nick, the, uh, the more I understand that I don't know anything. That's the first thing I, I would say. Number two, the older I've gotten, the more I understand the power of a network. If I don't know something, I guarantee you, I can find somebody who can point me in the right direction. They might not know it either, but hey, listen, go talk to this guy over here. He can help you. So it's 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 all about how you see it. So there's that. I've always been trained like that to be able to see the positive. Nobody really taught me. It's just being negative sucks. It's just draining. It really does. Not, nothing good comes of it. I always said that, like, do we, what's the worst thing that'll happen from having a positive outlook? Yeah, nothing. You know, and, and talking about relationships and things like that, at the end of the day, who who wants to be around somebody that's just complaining all the time and an energy vampire? Like, it's, it's not the person you want to hang out with. It's not the person you want to do business with. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like this thing that's going on in the Ukraine, right? Like, everybody's like, it's a war, it's a war. I'm like, dude, whatever it is, is what it is. Number one, I live over here in Colorado, dude. Nobody, you, Russia is not attacking Denver, Colorado. I just... Throwing that out there. Number two, don't get distracted. A lot of people get in these holes and they allow social media to use them. Use social media. When I'm done, I'm done. When I log on, I'm like, I have a specific agenda. I want to talk about my, I want to talk about my real estate course coming up. By the way, you can go to jasonrash.com and download my free guide. But I'm going to be talking about my real estate course. I'm going to be talking about things that are going to help people. I'm going to be talking about things that are going to move people in a new direction. The only thing, like, like, like a lot of people are talking about gas prices. I'm like, dude, if gas is that expensive for you, then go do a side hustle. If gas is that expensive for you, start social selling. If gas is that expensive for you, start doing something. I mean, by the way, here's, here's the thing at the end of it, Nick. I don't believe, like, I don't know anyone who has a W-2, and this is not a knock against W-2s. Everybody needs a job. Like, you need to know how to follow before you can leave anybody, including yourself. The thing about W-2s is you have to understand, listen, number one, you earn, you work to learn stuff. You don't work to earn, right? You're not making any money. You'll never make, you'll never get rich in a W-2. And that's not being negative, that's being realistic, right? But also you can learn a skill. You can learn a skill there that you could take into the real world and market that. For instance, let's say, let's say you work for like this guy, okay? And he's a photographer, okay? And you're like his assistant and you're picking up all these tips and stuff and he's paying you an hourly rate of 15 bucks. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, listen, man, you know, I feel like it'd be great if we added drone photography to what it is that we're doing. And he, he's like, all right, fine, Mike, you go off and do that. Uh, I don't have time for that. I'm going to stick with what I got. Okay. All of a sudden, whenever you come to help him, you can also throw a drone up in the air. And now you're doing drone photography, but he's still paying the same 15 bucks an hour. But now whenever you're not working for him, you can go off and actually like go off and do real estate drone photography for people. They pay like 300 bucks a pop, man. Bang, 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 bang. And do those all the time. That's what I mean. It's like having a W-2 is great, but know that you're only there to learn another skill set that will take you to the next level. I love that, man. And we are kindred spirits as well, because I was a guitar player too, prior to my hand injury, highly Ooh. inspired by Nirvana and Kurt Cobain, went on tour, played the Warp Tour, first CD I ever bought was Nevermind, learned how to play guitar, basically listened to the Rones and Nirvana and stuff. So we're, we're right here, man. We're right here. 
That's fantastic, man. Yeah, I love it. I love it. What kind That's of guitar is that, man? I had a, uh, uh, what is it, like a Fender Stratocaster that I, the, my first guitar, guitar was like a PD Nitro. I'll nice. never forget it, man. I opened it up at Christmas. It was solid white. I wish I still had that thing, man. It was like a PV Nitro, though, man. It was, it was, it was great. It had the whammy bar. I could go, wee, wee. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll never forget my first guitar was a, uh, it was like an Aria Pro, but it was like the coolest black and turquoise, almost like, um, like somebody spilled dye all over it, kind of mixed, like it ran. And I yeah. just loved it. I thought the colors was sick. I thought everything was great. And then, uh, I brought it up to college and when we were out like home for the holidays or something, a bunch of kids broke into our, our house and stole everything. I never got the guitar back. So now I have a, I got an acoustic PC rich and I got a, another guitar that my buddy shout out to my friends and taking back Sunday. They uh, actually bought me a lefty guitar when I hurt my hand to help me learn how to play it the other way. So those guys are awesome. That's nice, man. How long has your hand been hurt, dude? Uh, it's, it seems like just yesterday, but it's been like 10, 15 years now. It's been, it's been a long time, man. It's pretty crazy. Wow, man. Wow, yeah. dude. Hey, do so you remember the band Sayosin? Not to go down like a rabbit hole or anything, but I yeah. remember like, like Sayosin. What was a Good Charlotte? Sure. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. The band that I was in had, had a producer, and I don't know. We're getting side guys. We're getting sidetracked here for a second, but this is like, oh, this is like the path of success, right? So this is how it's funny how God actually shows up. So I worked at this land surveying company in Montgomery, Alabama. In Montgomery, Alabama, there was a guy named Kevin Palmer. He was on my crew. Kevin Palmer went on to get signed. He was a lead singer for a band called Trust Company. Do you remember them? I don't remember them, no. Anyway, they, they had the same producer, Don Gilmore, as Linkin Park. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty wild. And then what happened was Kevin left that band, and me and him started a band called Amity Lane. You could Google it. And uh, it was a lot more, a lot of like Linkin Park and stuff like that. But it was a... Uh, you know, it's funny how, how everything comes back full circle, man. It really, really is. You know, I, again, side note, but uh, so I, a bunch of times I went out with my, my friends that were in Taking Back Sunday and they played with a bunch of those different bands. And I'll never forget, they played a show with Linkin Park and we yeah. went like kind of backstage during the day and the guys pulled up in their bus. And I remember he like opened up, you know, you see other bands, they're opening them up the, the bottom of the bus, they're taking out booze and everybody's getting like the party ready. And that guy took out this huge bounce house and grabbed his kids from the bus and just kind of hung out on the side of the bus and like had this whole thing to play with his family all day. And I was like, that's freaking awesome. You know, people yeah. think like all oh, rock stars, they're like banging hookers and blowing lines and all this stuff. It's like, yeah. no, he actually has like a bus so he can keep all this kid stuff in there and spend time with his family. I always remember that, you know, it was awesome. That's super cool. I guess when you're Lincoln Park, you can kind of command that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah. So, you know, pivoting what you were saying about the goals, I know you said to your wife, like, hey, what if we fly private? And I've heard you kind of backtrack what your one, three, five, 10 year plan is talking about like a 20 family house strategy. Talk a little bit about how you set like at like so early in your career, a short and a long term goal and how you follow that and planned it out. Sure. I think it's important to know like how I got into real estate. First of all, I just want to tell this super quick story here for your audience. So um, my father, we started making money. We started social, doing social selling and we had done many, many entrepreneur gigs before this, by the way, for years, right? So I'm going to give you guys a timeline here. So September of 2015, we almost lost our house. Six months before that, I had a six figure job, lost that job unexpectedly. We tried to do the entrepreneurship thing. It kind of didn't work out. But the moment that I realized that we lost our house, I realized that God was saying, hey, there's something about money here that you don't know. There's something about making money, saving money, investing money here that you do not know. And where I'm exposing that to you, it's painful. It's going to suck. So what I did was I actually had to like figure this out. Nobody in our family gave us money. Me and my wife realized like, if we don't figure this out right now, this will, this could change. A, if we figure it out, it could change the trajectory of our lives. But B, more importantly, this is that make or break moment. Like, hey, if we're going to do it, we need to do it now under this much pressure. Pressure, we started doing webinars and eventually we figured it out. 
So by December of 2016, we started going, we went into social selling and we started selling these products through the internet and it blew up, man. Like when I say it blew up, it went from $0 a month in January of 2017 to $40,000 plus a month, every single month um, by December of 2017. And so what I want you guys to think is we grew all that, right? But my dad was telling me the entire time, hey, you need to invest in real estate. You need to invest in real estate. And obviously I didn't do it, man. To be honest with you, I wish I had done it. I could have bought houses for pennies on the dollar. But hey, mate, it's neither shoulda, coulda, woulda, man. I mean, you can't ever worry about the past. If you're going to be an investor or you're going to be successful, you cannot beat yourself up about the past. Number two, right? So I went into stocks. I thought I was a unicorn stock picker. I was doing great, man. My father passes away in 2020. Before he passed away, he said, make sure you get into real estate. So I got into stocks, lost a bunch of money in stocks. And, uh, What's funny about this is my father passed away in January, uh, June of 2020. July of 2020, I get a rental check because my dad had one property out in the middle of the country in the middle of North Carolina somewhere. And it came in, it was like 700 bucks, something like that. It wasn't anything, but it got my mind thinking, I was like, wait a minute, I didn't do anything. Like literally nothing for that. And $700 came in and I'm just like, okay, maybe there's something to this. I went on a few more months, still picking stocks. October of 2020, I lost $26,000 in eight minutes. Poof, just evaporated, man. It was crushing. But again, I believe that God's always talking to us, man. These lessons suck. Let me tell you, they, they all suck. <laughs> Going through them, they suck. But in the end, they're priceless, right? So I thought, thought for a minute, I said, okay, $26,000, that's a lot of money just to evaporate. And then I was like, what about if that was $260,000? A couple of years worth of savings just in the stock market. Or more importantly, what if that was 2.6 million, a lifetime savings, poof, just evaporated like that. And so I was like, okay, we're moving everything out of stock. So I took everything else out of stocks and I dove into real estate. I picked up three books and a few books and I started getting into real estate. And I gave myself 90 days. I said, okay, it's October 26th. Within 90 days, I'm going to close on my first deal. Now, keep in mind, Nick, I hadn't, I don't know shit about real estate. I don't know which asset class I want to go into. I didn't even know what an asset class was. Hello. Uh, you know, I didn't know like where, where I was going to go. I just knew within 90 days, I'm an action taker kind of guy. I knew that if I sat around and thought about it, which is what my dad would do all the time, not knock against him, but that's what he did. He just thought and never took action. I was like, if I knew I think about this all the time, I'm going to, I'm going to screw this up too as well. So I was like, okay, let's do this. I'm going to start talking about real estate investing on my Instagram and, and Facebook. So I read the books. I started talking about it. And I would say 30 days into this, 45 days into this guy from high school reaches out to me. By the way, I own this. I was like, I'm going to be a real estate investor. I'm going to be a legend in the space. I'm going to invest in this area. And this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Still don't really know like exactly how it's all going to work out, but I'm just like, I'm planning it. That's what you need as an entrepreneur. You need to have these qualities inside you. And guys, listen, here's the deal. If you've never exercised this, you have it in you. If you have a desire to be an entrepreneur, that 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 ability to take action with not knowing everything is somewhere deep down in there. But you need to have a, enough driving force behind that, enough pain, like losing $26,000 in eight minutes behind it driving you. And so this guy reaches out to me after 20 years and says, hey, I got a house. I don't know if you want it or not. Here's a, here's a link to it on Zillow. It's not even on the market. It was off market. And he sent it to me. And I was like, let me, let me take a look at this. So he sent me the link. I take a look at it. New roof, new HVAC, new floor, new appliances, 63,750 bucks, 1,900 square feet, all break three, two. And I'm just like, either I have a unicorn on my hands or something is really, really wrong with this house. And I asked him, I said, why do you want to get rid of it? And he said, to be honest with you, I just want to move on. And he's like going into woodworking. He really just wanted the money from the woodworking. And I was like, okay. 
I'll buy it from you. And so I made an offer. And guys, here's the deal. At the end of the day, I was like, if I mess this up, the worst thing scenario is that I buy this house, I put $13,000 down and the monthly payment's only 314 bucks. That's it. It's $314. If it doesn't work, I could sell it in just a few months. Keep in mind, guys, this is February. So we closed February 5th. I actually was supposed to close, close January 27th, which would have been 90 days from October 26th. But the lender missed it by a week. He missed it by a week. I fired his ass because I don't, I don't play. <laughs> We're doing this. This is how I roll. I'm a very serious businessman, right? So here's the deal. We got into this thing and it was like one deal. And um, I just want you guys to understand something. If you're out there listening to the story, like that can be you, but you have to claim greatness before you see it in the outside world. Muhammad Ali didn't know he was great. Nobody knew he was great. He knew it in his mind though. He's like, in order to have greatness, you must first claim greatness before the world can see it. And that's exactly what I was doing. Now everybody's, you know, my good friend Nick here is interviewing me because, you know, so I went into real estate, you know, and, and I'm going to be a legend in this space. I don't know how long it will take, but I will be a legend in the real estate space one day. You know what, dude? Interestingly enough, I scroll through social media all day and there's tons of people and you stuck out for me and I heard you talking and I saw your energy and I was like, that dude's going to be a legend one day. Thanks, so, man. I appreciate that. I believe that, man. That's why I was like, he hasn't been in a ton of podcasts yet. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to claim the interview before and I'm going to be like, see, I remember when I when, remember the small guys, when you get big up there, man, for sure. But I see it, your energy. I mean, you're entertaining, you're confident. You got great information. You got great energy. You articulate well. You're personable. Like I, I think you check all the boxes, man. And I do 100% believe you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you are too, man. Don't 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 say you're not. You're, you're going to be that there too, man. With me, but yo, I got to bring my boy Nick on stage right here. I love that, man. We definitely do that 100%, dude. So exactly. I, I love that. You touched on something else that I think is a huge struggle. I definitely a struggle for me, and I think we have similar personalities. But the way that people get distracted. Like you said, I don't even know what the asset class is. People go, well, they want to get into real estate and they go, oh, shit, single family, multifamily, social stuff. Well, you know, what do I do? I want to do everything. And I've heard you think I, I, I want to, I don't want to misquote you, but I think you said get rich in a niche. Like, yeah. I, I love that. So focusing on one thing to me there, that's hard sometimes because there's the FOMO of, well, you know, I see this guy on social media and he's making all this money on multifamily, you know, and you want to just jump in everywhere because you're not sure. And I, you know, obviously I know people that make money in every kind of different asset class. So it all works. But what is your decision-making process for saying, this is what I'm going to focus on, this is the decision I'm going to make, and this is going to distract me, so I'm going to not do that? For sure. So I believe that you have to focus on one thing until success. And that's what we did with our you know, social selling company. It was like, hey, we're going to build a system. We're going to master this. And, and, and I was like, we're going to drive this thing until it's successful. We had many, many people like, hey, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. You should invest in that. Do something like this with your money. And first things first, I never take financial advice from anyone who makes less money than me. Like nobody. Like, and there's a lot of people. I mean, we're making seven figures a year. There's a lot of people that try to give me advice. Oh, you should do this. So it's about knowing what you know, Nick. Like, like for instance, if you know, you know. Number one, you got you gotta know before you can you can go do anything else before you'll move to it. So that's that's really how I've gotten successful. And as I look back across my whole entire life, when I play guitar. I drove that dream because I focused on that one thing. It took me 15 years to get it, but could I have done a little bit more probably to get there a little faster? But, you know, I focused on that one thing. It's the same thing with real estate. I was like, okay, what do I understand the best? I understand single family homes. It seems very simple to me. I read some books. I looked online. I did a lot of research. I did the study, study, study thing. 
And here's the thing, at the end of the day, I was like, I'm not, I wasn't that great at math. I thought for years, the reason why I never invested the first time my dad told me to is because I was, I didn't make it out of high school very easily, man. I was the very last person to walk across the stage, didn't know that I was going to graduate until the very, very, very last day. That's the type of individual that I was. School just wasn't my thing. Doesn't mean I'm not smart, but I, I equated it to that. Now, here's the thing. And also, what you got to think about is if you guys want to be successful at something, you can't do a whole bunch of things and just give a whole bunch of things a little bit of energy. This is what everybody in America does. Well, I'm going to give my marriage a little bit of money. I'm going to give Netflix, I mean, excuse me, I'm going to give my marriage a little bit of energy. I'm going to give my kids a little bit of energy. I'm going to give my church a little bit of energy. I'll give my parents a little bit of energy. I'll give my job a little bit of energy. I'm going to give my finances a little bit of energy. I'm going to give this side business a little bit of energy. Maybe I'll take up this hobby over here. Oh, give that a little bit of energy. Nah, I don't really want to do that anymore. That's too much energy. I'm going to go over here to this next thing. And so now I just, I literally just close off everything, right? So I do one thing and I do it well, like really, really well. So social selling, I got it. I know it. I've got thousands of people on my team all over the globe. I know it. I'm a master, right? And then I moved, I did, but I didn't move into real estate until I mastered that one thing. So now that I'm in real estate and I'm mastering it, like, like single family homes, I can drop into any market and find a deal, any market, because I've run numbers on thousands and thousands, probably 20,000 homes. Like This is what I did the first three months. I was sitting there running numbers, reading books, running numbers, reading books. Guess what? I didn't watch Netflix. Guess what? I didn't go out to the bars. Guess what? I didn't like even listen to music. All I did was listen to real estate podcasts and books. That's it. If I wasn't reading a book, I was listening to a book. If I wasn't listening to a book or reading a book, I was watching a YouTube video that would lead me down the hole. But everything revolved around single family homes. I didn't go into storage units. I read one book about apartments that said, not yet, pause, right? And I just know, right? And I want to be a master in this space. So and, and Nick, at the end of the day, if your audience wants to get rich, get rich in a niche. All of them work. All of them work. Single family homes work. Storage units works. Restaurants work. Uh, you know, investing in movies works. Investing in anything works as long as you're a master at it and you know what you're investing in and be the master. I love that, man. So many good lessons to unpack from that, including um, one of them that I think you mentioned, which I, I was I was very interested. I didn't realize you had such a great background in the social selling, but I've heard the way you talk to certain people and handle certain situations based on some of the other interviews I've heard you on. And I thought that your ability to treat this like a business versus a hobby, which I think is another thing that people go, you know what, I'm going to dabble in it. It sounds fun. And I'm like, you're already, you're done. But, you know, because there's people that are treating this like a business on a very high level. That's right. And you're not going to be able to compete with them. And when you, like you said, you're not putting the focus and the energy and you're not treating it like a, oh, I can lose a hundred bucks here. I can use it that you're going to treat your dollars like you treat your pennies. And like you said, the 26,000 is going to go like the 260,000. So I feel like you had a very good emotional intelligence of being able to deal with people and handle people in a way that you can get things done and command respect without being an asshole. And I think that that's a whole skill in itself that not a lot of people have. And I got it wrong. Like there's probably people that listen to this that have known me for 15 years that I've worked with that I have handled things bad or I've yelled at them. And like, I still feel bad about it now. And I realized that it wasn't about them. It was about me and I needed to own that. So I had to learn a lot of those tough le lessons about accountability and ownership and how to really have that emotional intelligence. Um, and thankfully I had people to help me with that, but how did you learn that? So listen, first of all, you're not the only one brother. Like, like I have said some things in team meetings that I'm utterly embarrassed of. Um, you know, nothing ethically wrong or anything like that. Just, just some of the comments that I've made were very self-serving. Some of the comments that I've made were like, I wouldn't say them now. We'll just <laughs> like that. I wouldn't say them now. And, uh, you know, I think that 
I, I, nobody's really taught to be a leader. Nobody's taught to how to handle emotional stuff. Like whenever something triggers you and somebody's trying to get under your skin, nobody teaches you like really how to, how to handle that. Um, I think number one, you have to do the inner work. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, inner work, dude, I'm telling you, my dad was the smartest guy I know, like book smart. He was a, he was a uh, SEC commissioner for the state of Alabama. He was the attorney general for the state of Alabama. And he was going to run for governor for the state of Alabama. And he died almost penniless. Like, I want you guys to understand something. Book smart means nothing. The problem with my dad was, and I love him to death, but the problem with my dad was that he had the inability to make, he, he couldn't make new money. He could never decide on something. He had the emotional intelligence to be like, that's a great investment, and then take that risk. He didn't have the emotional intelligence to put up with, like, if somebody was going to ding his idea, he couldn't, he couldn't take it, to be honest with you. And, and what I want you guys to think about is that nobody learns this. Like, for me, I had to learn it on the fly. For me, social selling was the greatest thing. Like we're in here. And by the way, when I talk about social selling, I'm talking about network marketing. By the way, it's the greatest business model of all time. If you want to be a master at business, go to a network marketing company. In fact, partner with somebody such as myself, throwing that out there, but partner <laughs> with somebody who's done it. Partner with somebody who's done it and can manage thousands of people across the globe. That's what we do. And so like, you have to learn to talk to different people, different demographics, different genders, different people in different areas of life. A 50-year-old is not going to respond the same as a 22-year-old right and you have to be able to communicate to all of those people effectively so i would say that like that right there was the biggest um you know i'd be honest with you man this has been the biggest growth driver in my entire life being able to talk to so many people thousands of different people it doesn't matter where they're at where they're from i mean you got people that only talk to the same 15 people every year. That's it. They're talking to the same 15 people. So they don't know how to handle somebody when they come out of here. When they somebody can meet like comes into their network, like, whoa, God bless you too much. <laughs> oh, you were too much. Bring it down. Oh my God, his energy drains me. He must be on cocaine. He must be on meth. He must be on something. No, I'm high on life, man. I'm trying to dominate because I'm 45. And I realize I ain't got a lot of time. I'm not saying I'm going to die soon, but I'm saying even if I had 45 years left, that wouldn't be enough time because I'd still want more. And so here's the thing. At the end of the day, Nick, I think to be a successful business person, everybody has to, you know, get that EQ level, that emotional intelligence. They have to raise that. They have to read books. They have to study books. Study from great leaders. I read books that had nothing to do with real estate. I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. And by the way, I read 63 books last year, and I read 75 the year before that, all about business, all about like emotional, um, like just business, money, finances, emotional personality, things like that. One of the best ones that I read was Star The Onward by, by uh, Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks. Fantastic book. There's nothing about real estate in that book. There is nothing about running a team in that book. However, the million dollar tip that I got, and by the way, every book I read, there's a million dollar tip in it. Every single book, I, I ask myself, where is the million dollar tip? So I read the book. And the biggest tip that I got was he's like, hey, listen, whenever I go do a speech, I don't write it out. I think of three words and I write them down on post-its. By the way, if you could see my room, I've got hundreds of post-its everywhere, right? He says those three words and I take them, I write them down, I pop them right on the podium and that's it. I just speak from my heart. I speak what's on my mind. I talk about current events, but I place everything on that helps me keep me in track. And man, that's probably one of the biggest uh, takeaways that I've had, man, is just not uh, becoming emotional and stuff and reading books and understanding how they handle situations as well. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com. 
go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I think that's awesome, man. I know you, you post a lot of stuff with fitness. Obviously, you're in great shape. Is, is there anything, did you do athletics or, or sports or any type of like martial arts or things like that that helped you learn to stay calm in tough situations? Uh, no, no, nothing like that at all. Um, I've, I've always worked out my whole entire life. About 18 years old, I started working out. Um, I got really, you know, I got really big, like in my early twenties, cause I thought bodybuilding was like the thing to do. And so I was just, you know, got big, but then I realized like, this is just too exhausting. This is not what I want to do. So I moved into like the CrossFit stuff more. Th that's more my speed. I love the CrossFit stuff. Cause the only person I'm competing with is myself. I'm not competing with anybody else in the room. And by the way, if you're out there and you're in business, the only person you're in business with is yourself. You're only competing with yourself. That's it. Every single day you wake up, that's the only person that matters is you. That's the only person that's always going to be there competing with you. I mean, if you blow something, like, think about it like this, right? You blow somebody away. You've been competing with them for years. All of a sudden, whatever it is, area, fitness, real estate, money, marriage, whatever it is, you're competing with, all of a sudden you blow them away, then what are you going to do? All of a sudden, all your motivation has gone. And, you, and you're, you're over there just like, oh, I'm feeling motivated. I don't know what to do. What now? right? The only person you're in competition with is yourself. So, you know, I've just always been active, man. I love to bike. I love to uh, swim when I can. I like to hike mountains. I live in Colorado, you know, just activity, man. That's, that's what keeps me going. Man, I, I, I love Colorado. I was going to say, I might hop down on the ground right now and do about <laughs> like 40 push-ups. Bam, 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 bam. You never know. I might have to send you after that uh, that horse at the Denver airport, man. That thing always freaks me out every time I land over there, dude. It's crazy. It is big. It is. You know, it killed its owner, right? That yes. Was, that the whole story is crazy, dude. People don't know. They always think I'm kidding. I'm yeah. like, no, it's like a possessed thing. Nobody will touch it now. It killed its yeah, freaking owner. Yeah, my wife is really into that stuff, man. She's like, did you know this one? I'm like, I didn't know that. But, you know, I mean, I don't think it's going to like get up and start prancing all over the city, killing people. But who knows? It might. Yeah, it man. Might. With the way the world's know. going, you never know, right? <laughs> you never know. I love it, man. So talking about some of the stuff you do to handle this, like a business, not a hobby, is there certain things that you took over from the business world into the real estate world to help you treat it like that? Yeah, I would say, so like with social selling, like you have to build a system. So like when we first started, I started to uncover this thing about systems before all the businesses that we ran and we ran some pretty profitable businesses. It was all on energy and hype and um, just my personal efforts. I never really thought to like build a system. And then I started reading a bunch of books by Donald Trump. Listen, whatever you, whatever you think about this guy, love him, hate him, whatever, he's an excellent businessman. He started talking about systems. And so I started listening to his books more and more and more. And I really got this whole idea of systems. Now, then all, what I did was I started hanging around people that were really successful in network marketing. And they started telling me little, like somebody's like, hey, here's a customer script that you can use. Here's a recruiting script that you can use. And I realized, oh my God, all of these, the customer, uh, the customer recruiting script, that is one little system. The actual business builder recruiting script, that's another script, right? But they're all like cogs in the wheel of the big script. And then I started seeing it. So I went forward in real estate and I said, here's the deal. If I do real estate, what do I want out of it, first of all? Number one, I think if you're going to get into real estate, like you need to figure out what it is you want. Do you want a job, flipping homes, wholesaling, actively looking for deals? Or do you want to do like passive income investing like me, right? I want to look for the deal, 
and that's it. Pass it off. And either way is fine. Either way is fine. I talk about this in my upcoming course. By the way, go to jasonrash.com and check it out. I got more information there. You can download a free guide. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I think you need to know what you want out of real estate. Number two, you need to build a system around that or you will just have another job. If you find properties as a wholesale guy, then you're going to need like a certain way that you find them. How, like, well, how do you generate the lead? How do you close the sale? What type of person are you looking for? Do you have people on the back end? Like you've already got all that stuff set up. If you're going to flip homes, what type of home are you going to get? Does it have this? What's your criteria? Is it three twos, four twos, three ones, two twos? Like what is it going to be? Because in order to scale up and be successful at anything, you've got to have the same metrics. It's like McDonald's. Right? Like, Nick, let me ask you a question. I ask this question everywhere I go, man. Do you think you can build a better burger than McDonald's? I am a terrible cook, but I'll give it a shot. Probably. I probably can. (laughs) You can, bro. I mean, dude, we can blindfold you and you can build a better burger than McDonald's. The question is, how come you don't have a billion dollars yet? Because you haven't built a system on around, around how to build a burger. Right. I mean, it's that simple. So I built a system around real estate. I, I, I have a certain way that I acquire the lead. I have a certain way that I close the sale. I have a certain way that I, that I walk, talk with my property manager and she knows the expectations. I have a certain way that we go on after the sale. Like I don't want to do anything with the property afterwards. That's just me. I want to be hiking through the jungles of Tibet. By the way, somebody commented on the Bigger Pockets podcast and said there are no jungles in the Tibet. And I said, fine, fine. Have it your way. Have it your way. Ride a camel through the pyramids of Egypt. I know there's camels in Egypt and I know there's pyramids there. So we can do it either way. But here's the thing. Know what you want and build the system around that. That will allow you to scale up. That's what people don't understand. Like they don't realize that when you're flipping homes, you can only flip so many homes. Number two, wholesaling. There's only so many homes that you can wholesale at a time. There you go. I love that, man. Again, a few few things. I feel like I'm talking into a mirror because literally the next bullet I had was figure out what you want and figure out what you don't want. And you like literally are going like right into the next thing. So like we're right in sync. But, you you know, a side note here that I think is incredible is I, you know, sometimes I'll do webinars or I'll go teach classes or I'll go on a podcast or I have a conversation with people and you think you're getting through to them and you're being vulnerable and you're sharing stuff and you're giving up your time for them. And then they come back and they go, hey, uh, just so you know, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be awesome. They go you spelled something wrong on slide number 542. Um, and I'm like, that's what you took out of that whole thing that we gave you guys. So like, you know, you had such a great interview on the Bigger Pockets podcast. And then somebody takes that, all that stuff that you gave for an hour and they come back with the takeaway is that there's no jungles in Tibet. And it's like, you missed the whole point yeah, of what you exactly. just did. Exactly. So many people are focused on the wrong thing in life. So many people are focused on the shiny object. Yeah, so they, they missed the point on that, man. I think it's kind of crazy where, you know, you're giving it there and that's what they take away from that. It's like you, you, you give all that value and then that's what they take away. It's like you were focusing completely on the wrong thing. Yeah, you get a lot of people that are distracted with the wrong thing, man. But again, you know, this person, I guarantee you for a fact, hasn't closed eight home, or 10 homes in eight months. Guarantee for a fact, they probably haven't even done their first deal. And so, you know, that's the way I look at it is a lot of people, they'll be like, you misspelled this, like you were saying earlier. But I mean, they're not really, those are the people that, Here's the deal. I've learned this. I, I have learned this is gonna this is gonna impact you a lot. Those are the people that whenever my star shines bright, it just pisses them off, and they try to find some sort of flaw with me or what I've done or what I've said that's gonna validate them and make them feel better for where they're at in their own lives. I agree with that a thousand percent. You know, t- touching on the other part you talked about. A lot of people go, well, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to go. Well, you gotta at least figure out some of it, and what you do is by First, figuring out what you don't want. Okay, well, I know I don't want to go here. I know I don't want to do this. And I don't want those those types of things. And I've heard you talk a little bit about some of the things you know you didn't want for your first few deals. So 
I think that's a huge thing because that's what I tell everybody is I don't necessarily know everything I want. I've just got a much bigger list now of the things that I don't want, which helps me just target in a little bit better. And that grows every day. So for you, what are some of those things on those processes of what you look for to have or to not have in your buy box? Yeah. So here's the deal. Number one, like with my buy box, number one, I don't want pools. I don't want basements. I don't want wood on the side of a house, for instance. Like I don't want to deal with constant maintenance. Again, it goes back to what I want. Like, what do I want? I want to ride a camel through the pyramids of Egypt and get rental checks. That to me, because a lot of people are like, well, you can make so much more money. I don't think you understand. I have a seven figure income stream over here. Like that's the biggest thing that most people are missing. Like they're only see a couple thousand bucks. I'm like, dude, make a million dollars over here with this and social selling. That's the, that's the thing I want to put my attention on. I don't want to put my attention on real estate investing all the time, full time. By the way, it's called passive for a reason. And so that's the first thing. I don't buy pools. I don't buy decks. I don't buy large manicured yards. Uh, for instance, well, also whenever I'm looking for a house, I'm doing three twos and four twos. There's a reason for this, right? I talk about this in my free guide that you can get at jasonrash.com. That what I want you guys to understand is whenever you're buying a home, right? Like for me, when I buy a house, I want people to build a family in that house. I want them to build their life in that house. I want them to stay one to five years. Like, because every single year, if they're moving in and out, moving in and out, it's going to eat into your cash flow because you got to clean it up. You may have to make some minor repairs. You may have to paint it. So the entire year of cash flow is just gone, poof, magically evaporated. Number two, the reason why I love three twos and four twos is if anything happens, like Russia bombs Miami, just throwing that out there, if anything happens, right? I can dump that house back into the marketplace, all right? But the only people that are going to buy a three, one or two twos are possibly other investors or really older people that are looking for something smaller. They still want that home ownership, but they don't really want to buy a condo either. So your market is super small and limited. Also, I buy homes about 1,300 square foot to 1,900 square foot. I don't want a 2,000 or 2,500 square foot home. I just don't want to I don't want to manage that, you guys. And so like, I have a very small, large, and by the way, that's more roof I've got to pay for. That's more HVAC that's got to go through there. That's more carpet I got to put down. Like I'm just to the point where I've got very strict standards and I just don't ever deviate from the. So those right there, that's what I want. I want to buy a home. I can dump it to the market or I can rent fast. By the way, most people are going to rent with families. They're going to rent three twos and four twos because they're getting space. I don't know if any family of a family of four or even three that's going to rent a three one unless it's desperate or the only house left on the market. So you got to think about your market. You got to think about your tenant. You got to think what are these people really looking for and what will get them to stay? I don't do pools, constant maintenance. I don't do, like I said, wood, constant maintenance. I don't do large manicured yards, constant maintenance. Any tree near the house, I cut it down. Somebody's like, man, I spent like $2,000 in tree removal. And people are just like, why would you do that? They did. I'm like, dude, I don't want any maintenance around my house. I slice them all down, man. Boom, 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 boom. And I don't want maintenance. Like that's the thing. I will pay up front for a 40 year return. Of, of I love that too. Carefree. Yeah. A lot of people uh, that don't realize that sometimes even stuff like that lately, the insurance companies have been contacting me out of nowhere and being like, hey, we sent somebody by, you need to go cut those trees down. And I'm like, there's money I just saved in my insurance for you by switching to you. Now right. I have to eat up. I take. But it's because they see those things of like long term, this stuff's going to gonna cost you money. So we want to get it out of there now. So get Absolutely. it while you have it, not when you need it. But again, that's what creates a, a great opportunity for us is the people that buy those properties. They don't realize all the costs and the headaches that go into that. Don't save money the right way for the reserves. And then 10, 15 years later, they don't have the money to repair those things. And that's when we come in and we get a motivated seller. Let's talk about reserves for a second. Can we do that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like in finances, like you have to understand. Okay. I want, I want to, let me write this down. Just reserves, just so I can remember my topic. Cause I, I get, I get like heated on this topic. <laughs> if you're going to be a good investor, 
you have to be smart with your money. And when I say be smart with your money, like you've got to, it's like Warren Buffett says, when the tide rolls out, we see who's been swimming naked. The market's going to change, okay? It's not going to always be this good. In fact, I can see a softening in the market now. I can see where it's not turning into a buyer's market, but I can see how it's staying on the market just a little bit longer every day. Here's the thing, like, let's talk about reserves. So, and, and the importance of reserves is for reserves. That's not your money that's just sitting there like, waiting to be spent on whatever it is you want on a trip to Cabo because you feel like you need to do a real estate event with like just you and your wife in Cabo. That's not what that money's for. So what I do is I take the first three months of every single, every single thing, right? Every, every single house that we close on, right? The first three months, I don't take a penny off the table. In fact, I'd say the first couple of years, I don't take pennies off the table because things are going to break in these houses. I don't need the money. Like I said, we have a seven figure income stream over here. This is, this is income that comes in, right? So I don't really need this money. Why would I put myself at risk where I've got to pull from my personal savings account, which isn't very much. I've got to pull from my personal savings account and I've got to put it into another business. If you have to do that, your business is not a business. It's, it's a freaking going to drain you, right? So so what you do is you take the first three months, you take three mortgages and you save them up. So if your mortgage payments are, let's say $1,000 a month, put $3,000 a month in a bank account for this house here, because you're going to have some vacancy. You're going to have some maintenance. You're going to have issues arise. It's just part of life. Get over it, guys. Second thing with reserves. What, what it allows you to do is it allows you to be better, sleep better at night. If you sleep better at night, you're less of an emotional investor. I know dudes out there that's like, man, I got to make this work. This house has to cash flow. I'm like, dude, if your house has to cash flow, you're in deep shit. Like you are in freaking deep because I guarantee you the moment that you think that is the moment something's going to break. Catastrophic HVAC goes wrong. Something's going to happen or water leak may happen. It's, it, it's going to, something is going to happen that's going to actually derail you because there's a lesson to be learned here. Like we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast, lessons are painful. I believe the only lessons that you ever really truly learn in life outside of high school cost you time, money, or both. So back to reserves. Reserves help to keep you liquid. Reserves help to keep you floating in the ocean of risk. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of the free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan Lemayne. Dan Lemayne has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho, He's played all over the world and he's also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-N-E-R, to 833-632. 0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. I love that, man. I, again, I couldn't agree more. It's those, those little safety nets in there that help you when you're disciplined to protect you later on. It's just insurance policy. So it's super important thing that I don't think not enough people do. Um, as we start to wrap up, man, what's uh, like, talk a little bit about a deal you're working on. How'd you find it? What are some of the numbers on it? What's the strategy on it? Sure. I, so I'll kind of talk about the two I just closed on. Of course. Yeah. Well, I just, I'll talk about one in special, right? So here's the thing. A lot of people reach out to me and they're like, do I need to hire a property manager? Yes or no. Number one, this goes back to me wanting to ride a camel through the pyramids of Egypt. I don't want to collect rent checks. I'm that guy who would go to the door, collect the rent, 
hey, I'm here to collect rent. It's Christmas. You know what I'm saying? It's January 1st, right? Like, oh, I didn't know Christmas was coming up. Oh, you did know it. But I would walk away and bet, man, I guess I just know Christmas was coming for the last 45 years I've been alive. What I want you guys to think about is this. I hired a property manager for one of two reasons. Number one, they collect the rent. They do the day-to-day task. It goes back to what you want. Number two, I want off-market properties. My property manager has properties in her portfolio that the sellers want to sell, but she wants to keep them in her portfolio. That's how I found the house that I've got now, right? So I just closed on one last Monday. The thing came to me off market. I bought it for $195,000. This house is worth about $245,000, $250,000. I could sell it for that right now. But I just re- I went in, ripped all the carpet out, painted all the whole interior, okay? This house will cash flow minimum starting out $800 a month. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but you have to understand, I bought it for $195,000. It's worth about $245,000, $250,000. In five years, this house will be worth close to $300,000, if not more. So what the great thing about this is, and I'm going to build the equity in it, but I went in and I put the LPV flooring in it because, again, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to have to replace the carpet. I don't ever want to have to deal with vinyl. That flooring will last forever, but I paid for it with reserves that I had saved up from a couple of other homes. So I went from three months to five months across all my property. So I took two months from every single one of the reserves and I put down the money into the flooring. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? The thing about this is... <clears throat> And this deal, I had to do, I had to put a lot of money into it. I had to put about $7,000 into it. But the great thing about it is me putting in that flooring, took it from 245, 250 to like 260 to 275. So I want you guys to think about how all this works. If you add in a, a variable, like such as new flooring, new paint, new appliances, things like that, you're going to be able to increase the value of the house. And that's what I did with this one. So Bring it back to what I was saying. I can make $800 a month this, this year, and then I'll crank it out maybe to $1,000 a month. So I'm in cash flow, by the way, cash positive cash flow. So it's just about $1,000 mortgage payment. I can rent it out for like 18, you know, $1,850, $1,900, maybe a little more, and maybe $1,925. And that'll clear me roughly with the 8% property management fee. It's going to clear me roughly about 800 bucks a month. Now, what I want you guys to think about, and I'll leave you guys with this is that I could have argued to kind of bring the house down. Oh, it needs all this work. It needs this stuff. The lady lives out of the country and didn't want to be bothered with the repairs to put it on the market. It's a great market, but she was willing to give up $40,000 just to not be bothered. Now, what I want to ask you guys and your audience is, how many people right there out in your audience right now are listening to this that, that have a property manager? Go to them and say, hey, do you have any off-market deals that are coming up? Because the market's changing, by the way. Do you have any properties coming up that sellers want to sell? Because the property manager wants to keep them in the portfolio. Also, I would also encourage you to try to work out a deal with your property manager. If they're charging you 12%, how can you get it down to 10%? If they're charging you 10%, how can you get it down to 8%? That's what I did. I have no go As I'm raising rents this year, I also negotiated down my entire price. When I reached 10 properties with her, she drops it from 10 to 8%. whoop de doo you're saying. Every little bit adds up. Across 10 homes, that saves me about 200, what does it say? About 250 bucks a month, about $20 a month off each property. Here's the deal. Over 100 homes, that's going to add up even more. So I want to just leave that with your your people. Like you got to get, you got to figure out where all the money's coming in at. Like I said in the very beginning of this podcast, $500 a month here doesn't sound like a lot, but if you add up 500 here, 600 over here, 700 over here, 3,000 over here, like it all adds up every little bit. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to be rich, Treat your money like it's gold. Put your attention on it, no matter how little it is. Because if you start letting $100 slide, you'll let $1,000 slide and you'll let $10,000 slide. You give it long enough. One of my favorite quotes is how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's exactly right. How you treat your pennies is going to treat how, how you treat your thousands, your hundred thousands. So I think that's excellent advice. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about business, I think that that's 
just a huge thing that people miss is the way businesses are run, even if it was like a multifamily, is how do you bring in more and put out less? And by doing things like eliminating the turnover course with rugs and carpets and things like that and putting in that flooring, you are increasing what's going to come in because it's a nicer floor and you're decreasing what's going to go out of the turnover and long-term, year after year, it's a smart investment, man. That's how, that's how long-term business is made. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some other deals I've done too where, um, you know, at the time, uh, you know, the house wasn't rented out. I had to go in and I had to get some guy to steam clean the carpet. I just didn't have the funds to be able to do the flooring. But every one of my houses now, here's what I did. So all of my homes will have the exact same paint color. It's like, uh, what is it? Uh, Power Lunch or something like that. They're all the exact same color. I use a certain certain quality paint. And I think it's like not even Sherman Williams. It's not an A, A tier. I put A, I put A grade paint in my house. I don't put A grade paint in my um, rentals. I put like a B. I don't do a C because like it gets just dirty and you're going to have to repaint that crap. But like a B grade will actually just hold up to being able to wipe it off the walls. So my painter knows I use one painter. This is how I scale up. I use one painter. I use one paint color going forward now. And we, we're going to start as soon as tenants move out, we're going to start replacing the flooring in every single one of the homes. So I never have to do it again. I'm not worried about cleaning carpets. I'm not worried about any of that. That stuff will last a hundred years. And by the way, they said anything that gets on top of it, they're going to warranty anything that gets underneath. They're not going to warranty. I'm like, anything that gets underneath will be replaced by insurance. So there you go. I love that, man. That's awesome stuff. So this has been great, man. I want to make sure that you have a chance to talk about JasonRash.com, the course coming up, all things Jason Rash, ways to find you, social media, websites, man. Hit me with all the ways people can find you, connect with you, work with you, learn from you. Sure. So I have an upcoming course coming out. It comes out March 24th. It's going to be live. I'm going to do it live. I'm going to teach you how to find a deal. The biggest question I get is how do I spot a deal? How do I know what I'm looking at is a deal? I'm going to show you how to do this live. I'm going to give you the metrics. I'm going to show you exactly what I look for. I'm going to maybe even, maybe even do this live. We'll just have you call out any city, anytime, anywhere, and I'll go through the market and I'll prove it to you live. This is how it works. This is the exact system I use to acquire great deals. Go to jasonrash.com to be able to grab your free guide. They can also find me on Facebook with Jason Rash and then on Instagram as well, Jason Rash. That's R-A-S-H-J-A-S-O-N-R-A-S-H. I love that, man. And obviously anybody listening, if you go to the show notes, I will have all the live links for this and this should be out before that. I think another week or two we'll have it out. So I'll try and make sure it comes out in time for the course. And either way, it'll be something people can find you on, man. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Yeah. If you guys are going to do real estate, take it seriously. And if you guys want to increase your, everybody believes that passive income is the holy grail of financial freedom. That's not really exactly true. If you're making $100,000 a year, you're only going to be able to put maybe $20,000 a year into a new house. But if you're making $100,000 a month, you're going to be able to buy a new house, every couple of new houses every single month. If you guys really want to go somewhere in real estate, you need to increase your active income. You also need to increase it outside of a W-2. The issue with the W-2 is this, and this is the most insidious thing about money. And by the way, if you're going to become an entrepreneur, understand how money works. This is the issue with your W-2. Like, okay, I'm going to get a raise from 100000 to 125000 The issue with that is the government's going to tax you more and you're not making as much as you make you make you thinking, right? So whenever you make money as a W-2, you make money, the government taxes you, and then you have whatever's left over to spend. Me as an entrepreneur, I make money, I spend money, just like I went on a trip to Florida the last two weekends, all for business, by the way. And then whatever's left over, the government gets to tax me on. That's the difference. If you can make money tax-free, that is the pathway to wealth. 
So I just wanted to throw that out there to your audience. Fantastic advice. Very true words. You're doing awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I want to thank you for your time. I want to say I'm very sorry for the loss of your dad. I know he was a Marine, so I want to thank him for his service as well. I'm sure he'd be very proud of everything you're doing right now. He left a good legacy. You have great energy. You have a great story, man, and I'm excited to be connected with you. Thank you for coming on the A-Game Podcast. Jason Rash. Nick, thank you so much for having me. Let's blow this thing up, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. I love you, man. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye.